Life Audio. Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I am your host, Persis Poku. On today's episode, I wanted to touch on the topic, how to witness to a Mormon in love, how to witness to a Mormon in love. And after a word from our sponsors, we'll get started on the topic today. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. If you are not educated, and if you're not aware, Mormonism is not a legitimate Christian denomination. It is classified as a cult. And we define what a cult is a week ago when we were discussing Jehovah Witnesses. Mormonism comes across And they present themselves as legitimate Christian organization. But based on their theology and belief system, it is not a legitimate Christian organization. They contradict some of the major essentials of the faith. And they are very, very uh, influential in the sense that When you talk to them, it seems as though you're talking about the same thing. So the form is the same, but the content is different. When I was in seminary, we learned about form and contact and content. And form, uh, for my argument, is basically what things look like on the outside, the form of a Christian. They use the same Words They use the same jargon. Uh, They have the same impressions on the outside. They believe in Jesus. They believe in God the Father. They believe in salvation. Uh, They believe in uh, other uh, essentials on the outside. But as you drill deeper and you discuss these terms with them, you will soon realize uh, 
that many of what we hold as essential doctrine is what they reject. They have their own view or their own definition of many of these terms. So even though on a forum level, meaning the outside, it seems like we're having a discussion with a fellow Christian uh, sister or brother, if you drill deeper, you'll soon realize that their connotation of these same words are different, meaning it, ha- it has a different meaning for them. Uh, they define it differently. And as a result, uh, for further proof, this is why they have their own Bible. They do not use just the 66 books that we have, the canon of Scripture. In addition to our regular Bible, they have other books that they've added uh, rooted in the theology of Joseph Smith, who is their founder. So in Mormonism, you would come across uh, books such as the Book of Nephi, uh, Doctrines and Covenants, uh, it's been so long, uh, many of these books uh, have, have escaped my memory. But it's not just these 66 books that they embrace, but they embrace all of these other books as well. And again, uh, God is not looking for man-made revelations. And that's what these other books, the Book of Mormon, contain, man-made revelations, Uh, Many of the things that you find within it contradict the word of God. And this is why Mormonism, um, based on the name uh, that Joseph Smith came up with for the angel Morani, that's where Mormonism, uh, that word, the name, the label comes from. So again, let's look at my constant uh, refrain when it comes to how to assess whether something is true or not. Remember, um, we talked about the law of non-contradiction. The law of non-contradiction asserts that two opposite statements cannot be both true at the same time in the same sense. So either Mormonism, in terms of their teaching, is true or Mormonism is not true. Either Mormonism is harmonious with classical theism, or it is not harmonious with classical theism. We can't say, I'm a Christian, but yet I also believe that the teachings of Mormonism are the same when they're saying two different things. So the law of non-contradiction, again, says two opposite statements cannot be both true at the same time in the same sense. Just recently, we had the bishop of one of the largest Christian denominations attempt to form an an allegiance with the LDS um, organization in order to carry out his missions program. And LDS uh, is the new brand name for Mormonism. They're calling themselves LDS, of course, which is short for the Latter-day Saints. So they rebranded themselves a few years ago because of a negative connotation with the name Mormon. But it's still the same. Uh, Same doctrine, same belief, same pedagogy, same worldview. And for those of us who know the truth, those of us who embrace sound doctrine, we must not uh, acquiesce or be led into compromise 
um, leaving the truth to embrace uh, other groups that don't believe or other groups that may not be Christian, we must witness to them and not join them in their delusion. So the bishop attempted to form an alliance and he ignorantly made statements such as Christianity and Mormonism is the same. And if he only knew the truth, if he knew the historicity of Mormonism, if he knew the theology of Mormonism, he would not make that statement. Now, remember what the scripture says, that even the very elect would be deceived. So I'm praying that someone within his organization would take time out and meet with him to explain to him the falsehood of his belief system. Uh, Mormonism doesn't belong within the realm of Christianity, again, due to their theology. So let's take a look at uh, some of the things that Mormons believe. The Book of Mormon has been, uh, has been through several changes. Remember, I mentioned the Book of Mormon, which contains the Doctrine of Covenants, uh, Doctrine and Covenants, and the Book of Nephi, Book of Abraham, and so forth. Mormons uh, believe that the Book of Mormon is the most correct out of any book. And this is true. Uh, in my encounters with many of the elders, uh, they've made this statement to me personally that uh, the Bible is unstable, meaning that the Bible has flaws, and as a result, or the Bible is incomplete, and as a result, uh, it's shaky, and the Book of Mormon solidifies the Bible. That's what these Mormon elders told me several years ago, uh, that the Bible is shaky, and the Book of Mormon solidifies it. So that's why they carry the Bible and the Book of Mormon. If you ever see their uh, their publication, it's a very thick book, and the reason why it's so thick because it contains the 66 books of the Bible. In addition, it contains the uh, other fragments or other books uh, created by the Mormon organization. So it's a very thick book. It looks odd, but this is the reason why. So uh, they believe that the Book of Mormon is the most correct book. However, earlier versions are different contextually than the most modern versions. The Book of Mormons has also borrowed heavily from the King James translation of the Bible. And remember, uh, the King James version of the Bible is not the earliest translation of the Bible. Uh, there were several publications prior to the King James version of the Bible. The, there's nothing um, supernatural about the King James translation of the Bible in the sense that it's not better than uh, some of the other sound translations. Uh, it's, it wasn't the first and it wasn't the last. It's a good translation, but it doesn't um, override the other good translations. So the Book of Mormon mentions two great nations, the Nephite and the Lamanite, but there's no evidence of these groups in history at all. Um, there's nothing in archaeology. There's nothing scientifically. Um, no one has been able to corroborate that a nation uh, of Nephites and Lamanites ever existed. Again, we believe that Joseph Smith uh, created these people, created this uh, history to promote his own theological views. The Book of Mormon is believed to be a translation of Reformed Egyptian. But again, there's no evidence of such a language that ever existed. Let us take a break.
to recognize our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Now, if proven that there was a language such as Reformed Egyptian that existed, then we have to change our positions. But there is no history of any language called Reformed Egyptian. So, again, this is uh, something fabricated by Joseph Smith, the founder, to promote his own agenda. So, Christians who study their Bibles uh, should know that we do not have to pray about the veracity of any scripture which blatantly contradicts the Bible. God has already told us in scripture that if there is any other doctrine preached than the one that is in the Bible, let them be accursed. And you'll find that passage in Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. And it's apparent from the Book of Mormon that its source did not come from the true God. The Book of Mormon claimed human beings were former gods as well as uh, baptism being able to save people. These two views are non-biblical. So in Mormonism, they believe that before we were given birth, we were gods in the celestial realm. If it is non-biblical, right, if any doctrine is non-biblical, then we know it didn't come from God. Scripture says, let them be a curse. So John ten thirty four is a point of contention. Um, and it doesn't support the Mormon claim that there are many gods. John 10, 34 must be understood in light, in light of Psalm 82, which was uh, the quote that, uh, that's found in John 10, 34. Jesus was telling the Jews that if the unjust judges mentioned in Psalms 82 can be called gods because of their position, position, not ontology, not their nature, not their being. Jesus is talking about position then how much more appropriate would it be if he, Jesus, being God in the flesh, was also called God, right, positionally? This statement was not a manifesto for all believers to claim divinity. Jesus was just making a point about how uh, people respect position. And if, for example, when you go to court, you many of us uh, would recognize the judge and says your honor just because we use the term your honor doesn't mean that judge is ontologically better than us doesn't mean that judge is any more human than us it doesn't mean that judge is divine that we we it's just a term 
uh, to say that we recognize your position and we respect your position as a judge. That's all it means. In the same way, that's what Jesus was saying, uh, that even in Psalm 82, uh, we call other human being gods because of their position. So when people are calling him God, why do the Jews, the religious uh, leaders have an issue with it? That's the point Jesus was trying to make. So uh, how would you refute the claim that Mormon church is the restored church? That's another uh, argument that they make, that they are God's reformed church because the church didn't accomplish what the church was supposed to do prior to Joseph Smith. That's what Mormonism believed. And as a result, God sent Joseph Smith to come with this reformed Egyptian language and as a result uh, formed this new reformed church. And again, that's an incorrect view historically. It's an incorrect view theologically, and it's an incorrect view prophetically. So we must not embrace this false, erroneous teaching of Joseph Smith. There's no evidence of the Mormon church in the first century, number one. There are numerous evidence on the on, um, other first century movements, such as we have evidence for Arianism, which was started by uh, Arius. Uh, we have evidence for monarchianism, uh, and so forth, but nothing about Mormonism. Manuscripts recovered from the first century church do not support Mormon doctrine, so they cannot be the restored church. In addition, Mormons promote uh, the Melchizedek priesthood, but scripture tells us we are under the unchanging priesthood of Christ, not Melchizedek, as believers. So we can find that in Hebrews 7, uh, 24. Mormon doctrine indeed contradicts the scripture and church history, so they cannot be the church restored. They cannot be the church restored. Um, we, we're left wanting evidence from Mormonism. Uh, we're talking about objective evidence, not subjective evidence. They have their own scholars, um, which promotes and purports what they already believe. They have their own people that agrees with their own information, which doesn't mean much if you don't look at it or vet it objectively. Meaning, get, get scholars, people that are secular, people that are Christians. Let, let them investigate it, but that's not the case. Those who have investigated it um, have concluded that the arguments from the Mormons about their existence is fabricated. Then, um, when we look at Mormonism overall, we see that it misleads people. It misleads people in, in a sense that uh, Mormonism, when they first started, was very racist. If you don't believe me, go look in the history books. Um, Google. Do, do whatever you need to do. Just, just go look at the history of Mormonism. They made some outrageous claim. Number one, um, black people could not be in certain places when it came to Mormonism and the temple. They could not be in certain places. And they sure, um, uh, assuredly could not be members of the priesthood. And it, it's written documents. Uh, they, they've had to change their stance over the years. But when it first started, uh, black people were not allowed to be in the priesthood. Uh, they argue that blacks were cursed. This is why black people had dark skin, that they were uh, cursed because of the curse of, uh, of Ham. So, again, 
the movement is littered with inconsistent theology that shows blatantly that it's not of God. Now, Mormonism is um, it's, it's an organization, it's a religion created by a man who was known and prone to be deceptive over the years. And many of his claims have been proven to be false. If you want more study on Mormonism, I recommend two books. The first book is by Hokima, the late Hokima, H-O-E-K-A-M-A, Hokima. And Hokima, has a, it's a small book, but it has a lot of good information in terms of the historicity and theology of Mormonism. And then the other one is by Fawn M. Brody, B-R-O-D-I-E, Fawn, F-A-W-N, Fawn M. Brody. And she used to be uh, a Mormon. Her family grew up in Mormonism, but then um, she left Mormonism and she wrote this book. And it's called No Man Knows My History. No Man Knows My History by Fawn M. Brody. And in it, you'll find it's a bigger book, so it has a lot more information than Hokima's book. Uh, you can find a lot more about Mormonism, the culture, uh, the ideology, the doctrine, uh, their prophetic view, um, and so forth and so on. And in Mormonism, uh, their view of salvation is also inconsistent. Um, it's not by grace alone. Um, when you talk to certain Mormons, uh, it's not, again, uh, uh, what Ephesians talks about, for by grace are you saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, their view of Mormonism has a lot to do with works, and that's not a biblical view of salvation. Jesus has performed all the work. Now he invites us into a, uh, his rest. That's what Hebrew chapter 4 reminds us of. Uh, it's not by works that we're saved, according to Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Now, let me clarify. We do not work to get saved, but once you become saved, you can't help but to work. Once you become saved, you can't help but to work. The true convert is grateful for the position that he or she finds themselves. Jesus has saved us, and because he saved us, we're compelled to do his bidding in terms of not that we're saved, we have an assignment, and that assignment is reflected through ministry. So if you are a Christian and you're not in ministry, you're not being obedient to what God has called you to do based on your position. We're not children of God. We're now co-laborers. We're now ambassadors. These terms are used by God of us to indicate that we're doing something. Um, so we, we, we have to be in our rightful position. And one of those positions is, uh, we have to warn our brothers and sisters when we see that they're being led astray. Uh, we, we, we have to have on the mind of Christ. We have to have the compassion of Jesus, uh, for those that are lost. And we, when we see organizations in the cults that are lost, such as Mormonism, we have to share with them in love. We, get, we just can't stand by and watch other people live beyond the standard that God has for them, live beneath the standards, rather, that God has for them. So we, when you look at Mormons, it looks like 
um, they're okay. You see the men in these white crips shirts, uh, sometimes with black ties and dark slacks, and uh, many of them would be riding bicycles. And by the way, again, during uh, their history, uh, they would ride into communities, but they used to not visit black neighborhoods. Now they're starting to change, which is good, but it's not good because they're carrying the wrong theology. And so uh, if you run into a Mormon, be, uh, be prayerful. I'm not saying be, be scared. Uh, we don't have the spirit of fear as Christians, but be cordial, be civil, but also um, share with them the truth of the scriptures. And they'll claim to have truth also, but it's good to know that uh, historically the, the Book of Mormon has been proven to not be historically accurate. A lot of the places uh, that they mention is not accurate. Uh, the language that they uh, propose or say that the Book of Mormon came from does not exist. Uh, their belief in certain scriptures is inconsistent. So we're not trying to win arguments. We won't people to be liberated. We want people to know the authentic Jesus Christ, not the false Jesus Christ. So you may be saying to yourself, well, they believe in Jesus also. Remember what Jesus said. He said, uh, in the last days, people will come and say, did I not prophesy in your name? Did I not heal in your name? Did I not perform miracles in your name? And I'm going to say, depart from me. I never knew you, O ye worker of iniquity. And so there are illegitimate gospels out there. And I argue that Mormonism is one such uh, group that fit that category. So we must pray for them. We must love them ontologically. And we must be willing to share the truth with them in love. Well, I pray that this episode has been a blessing to you. We will continue to always highlight the inauthentic gospels which are causing people to be misled. So remember to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. We pray that you continue to be active in ministry, but we do need your support. So please support us by going to our website, srministries.org. God bless. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy messages has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. And as always, we would like to thank our friends at Life Audio for their partnership. Need more of God's power in your life? I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical tips on how to grow your faith through Prayer. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.